I have a, I do have a message to preach today. But it got interrupted on the way to the car a little bit. On the way to the car, I heard the Lord say, now we had taught a couple of weeks ago, or maybe last week, I don't remember what it was, about, you know, Paul going from leaving Joppa and going down to preach to the Gentiles for the first time, and how the Lord had had to lower a sheet and show him, you know, all of the things that they were forbidden to eat in the Old Testament under the law, and to show them that the grace, it cleansed everything. He didn't have to be under the law anymore. And, and he showed it to him three times because he knew that he was prejudiced. He was prejudiced against the Samaritans, against the Gentiles. And, and so as, as I was thinking about that this morning, walking to my car, the Lord said his name was Simon Bar-Jonah. Jonah went down to Joppa as well. But Jonah, when he got to Joppa, he took off to Tarsus because he was being prejudiced against the Ninevites and did not want to go get them see, saved. So I thought, wow, the law sent a guy one way, but grace will send you another way. And as I was thinking about that, of course, I was thinking about Deshaun Watson because I've been following his football career. He wasn't allowed to play football at all last year. I don't want to bore you with it, but this is important stuff, I think. He um, couldn't play at all last year because he was accused by 22 people, 22 massage therapists of sexual misconduct. Twenty-two of them. <laughs> the first one couldn't get it anyway. So, but you know, but when I was reading about it, I realized back then, like they don't wear sheets over their head anymore, but they're still there. They're still there, and they and this man wanted to move out of Texas and, and advance his career. And when he decided to do that, they came against him. Since then, the Supreme Court dismissed him twice. They one Supreme Court denied, you know, dismissed him, and then another. And so finally, I heard him speak out on his behalf yesterday, and all he said was, "I wasn't raised that way. Yeah. Born again, spirit-filled Christian. I just yeah. not not defending himself. Hey, that's not me. I, I wasn't raised that way. And I said, God help us to remember, we're not raised that way either." Yeah. There's a reason why he used the good Samaritan, because they hated the Samaritans, and he wanted you to know that you don't hate, you love people. I love the sign Paul has out by, on the road there. They'll know that we're Christians by the way we love one another. So I want to talk to you about that today. And, but I want to remind you also, in John 1, 17, the Bible says that the law came through Moses. And if you're reading through the Old Testament with us right now, it's brutal. <laughs> You've got to know that's not the heart of God. I mean, you just got to know that it's not the heart of God. Wipe them all out. But the law was given, Galatians 3.24 says, as a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. You look at this and say, wow, nobody can do that. You're right. They had so many laws, I think they had 613. Can you imagine having 613 laws you have to obey? All you'd be thinking about all day is, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? You wouldn't enjoy your walk with the Lord for a day, right? So anyway, so but the law came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus. 
And some people will teach you that grace and truth are one, but they're not really, they're, they're opposing things in that it's, it's kind of like I live in the tension between these two realities. There's the ideal me that I want to be, and then there's the real me that I am. And, um, but God doesn't love the ideal me. God loves me, and I've got a hold of that now. I'm okay with that now. But I realize that there's only two coverings that you can have on, on your life. You're either covered with shame or you're covered in the glory. Shame or glory. And if, if, if you're not experiencing the glory of God, then you're walking in shame because you have not embraced the glory that he has for you and I to live in. And, you know, and he'll say things like in Colossians 2, 9 and 10, he says, in him, talking about Jesus, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in verse 9. Then in verse 10, it says, and you are complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. So your spirit man is already complete. There's nothing, you, you can't make yourself more righteous. You can't make yourself, your spirit man is okay with God. What am I here for then? To the saving of my soul. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Grace and truth. No, because, anyway, let's just calm down, Gary. Just, just read it first. Because I know we all struggle. We all struggle with the same thing. Who I want to be and what I find myself doing. Just when I, didn't, just when I thought I had uh, no prejudice in my life, a guy walked in the gym with a man bun. That's all it took. And how ridiculous. So then, so no, but then, then uh, Rob Ells is sharing with me the, the next day, coincidentally, maybe he said, you know, we got a guy that comes into our, our shop every year. He grows a man bun and then he cuts, cuts all the hair off and, and, and donates it for the cancer victims. <laughs> no, but it just showed me like, but I know none of you experience this. <laughs> You just love everybody all the time, and you don't. But but once you realize those things, then you begin to then you begin to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm being changed from glory to glory." Yeah, and, yeah. and it is a process. Yes. You know, it is. It, so so because it's a process, I can enjoy the journey. Because it's a process, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So I'm not feeling condemned about it. I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for correcting me. Thank you, Lord, for showing me that. And now how are we going to get past this? What are we going to do? Because I don't want, to, I don't want to, to be judging anybody. I mean, judge not that you be not judged. Like, like who do I think I am? <laughs> to look down my nose at anyone. Because everything that I got, I can't, anything good came from God and the rest came from Gary, right? And so, and, and so I, I'm talking about myself, but you know I'm looking at you, right? So, <laughs> Anyway, let's read the verse, yeah. Let's, be, let's begin in, um, 
We can we can all draw as close we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another level of glory. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is that spirit. So then again, I realize I live in the tension between these two realities. I'm, I'm being changed from glory to glory, but I'm also dealing with shame that will try to creep up on me or you. So, uh, guilt, something that, you know, something that steals your peace. So my, my spirit has been glorified, but it's my soul that I need to work with. And so my soul is still a broken man. I know how I've been crucified with Christ in my, my flesh, but my flesh doesn't go quietly. I don't know how yours is. My flesh goes kicking and screaming, and, and I keep telling it, you, you need to die, sucker. Put a stake in his heart, right? You're all looking at me like you got it all together. And I'm... No, but see... My my soul is still broken, and it needs to be fixed. Your soul has been broken. It was broken by Adam. Adam was covered in glory, and when the glory lifted, he was covered in shame. Where are you, Adam, or why are you where you are? I'm hiding because I saw myself naked. What happens when you're naked? If I was up here naked right now, I'd be kind of like, you know... <laughs> Naked and ashamed, right? Never mind, Ashton. <laughs> but that's what happened to Adam. The glory left, and all of a sudden he was like, what? <laughs> that's why my Bible tells me in Hebrews 2.10 that the captain of my salvation came to restore many sons. He's talking about a community. He's talking about a family. Many sons to glory. It's not going to happen to one of us. It's going to happen to all of us. Because he's interested in having community. He's interested in family. And he's building a family right now with us. And if it looks like it's small, don't despise small beginnings, he told Zachariah. You just believe God with us. I mean, I was watching a preacher the other night, and he said 52% of evangelicals don't believe the Bible anymore. Well, I said, well, that might be where you are. But that's not where I am. I'm believing God that the earth will be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. I believe that the move of the Spirit of God is on, on the earth right now and that we're increasing, not decreasing. So my old man is dying quietly. No, it's not. It's screaming and kicking. But again, I'd like to remind myself that it took Paul the Apostle 20 years to write that. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. So what did he do for the other 19 years? Struggled with it to the point where he said, I die daily. Yeah. He knew that he had to. And so do you and I, because you know what? You get bombarded with thoughts, negative thoughts come. We used to call them ants, automatic negative thoughts. They're just there. You know, the reason why Goliath came out every morning and every evening, is to me, it's the MO of the devil. You wake up in the morning, he's got something for you to take your focus off of him, off of him. And then in the evening when you're going to bed, when you should be going to bed and having a nice sleep, worrying about something. Worrying about something. Worry, worry, worry. Don't live like that. Okay. 
Let's go to Romans chapter 9. No, Romans chapter chapter 3. <laughs> Verse uh, 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Look, it says unto all, but then it says upon all. It's for everyone, but it only comes upon you when you believe it. Can you see that? Unto all. And upon all of those that believe. For there's no difference. So, but I like that part. There's no difference. I'm no different than you. You're no different than me. You can fake it in church. You can act like you got it all together, but I know you don't. I know I don't. Almost, though. <laughs> Nancy's the only one I know that's got it all together. <laughs> She almost does. <laughs> 23, for all have sinned. Hamartia, all have missed the mark. All have missed the mark. So the sin is not an ugly word. It just means you miss it from time to time. If a baseball player hits a ball three times out of ten, they pay him very well. Why? Because he's always practicing and making himself better. Well, I'm being changed from glory to glory in his image and into his likeness, but it's not me. It's where I let the Holy Spirit lead me. Then I'm being changed from glory to glory. It's not Gary being changed. It's not me trying to be righteous and trying to be holy. I tried that for a number of years. Didn't work at all. Matter of fact, the more you try it, it kind of reminds me of when we were in the Philippines one time and... Uh, David Baker preached on ice cream. How many of you know it's hot in the Philippines? It's so hot that you have a shower, and then when you dry off, you're wet again, just from moving the towel. It's like, it's hot. So he's talking about ice cream all through the morning service. And the morning service would go from like 9 to 12.30 or something like that. All I know is when 12.30 came, we know the only place... In Angeles City, where you could actually eat and, and be safe. Matter of fact, Paul had a place where they sold dog meat, and he called it Hound, no, Ground Round Hound. Only, only Paul Wilson would come up with that. <laughs> anyway, we ran to the ice cream store, where they make mango ice cream out of real mangoes. I can taste it yet. Mm. You can taste it right now, too. You're just thinking about it, right? Because what I'm talking about creates an appetite in you. That's why you don't preach sin in church. You, don't cre you preach righteousness because it creates that, that appetite. Anyway, he preached ice cream, and we all bailed out, and we went right there. And then when we came back, he told us why. And, and what, he, what he told us was just what I told you right then. If you focus on who you are in Christ... If you focus on who you are in Christ and, 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 and not who you feel you are or the shame that you feel sometimes, you don't focus on that. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the, why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew and also to the Greek. Because he said, because herein, 
Here in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. He said, what I'm trying to tell you is the power of God is knowing you're righteous. The, the power of God is knowing that he revealed righteousness to you. You'll never be, look to somebody next to you and say, you'll never be more righteous. than you are right now. Fact. Well, I just don't feel. Who asked you to feel? We didn't never talk about how you feel. Your emotions are up and down like a roller coaster, man. Come on. I feel good. I feel bad. I feel happy. I feel sad. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. It'll let all that stuff go. <laughs> but verse 23, for all have sinned, Mr. American, come short of the glory of God. But verse 24, being justified. Just as if I'd never sinned, justified, freely, Doreen, without cause, without condition. You can't buy it. It's like, it's like Rob Ells preached on Thursday night. You know, the faith isn't yours and the grace isn't yours. You are saved by grace and through faith and that not of yourself. It's a gift from God, lest anyone should boast. Well, it's my great faith. No, you wouldn't have any kind of faith if he didn't give it to you. No, so that if you know he gave it to you, then you don't have to get puffed up and when it works. Oh, my faith worked, and let me tell you what I did with that. No, don't tell me. Tell me what he did. Tell me what he did. And Marion, when she preached last Sunday, she was preaching about, you know, your imagination produces your experience. I remember years ago preaching a message called The Theater of Your Mind, What's Playing? And I realized back then... I was a center, and everybody, you know, there's some people that had big bit actors, and they would come and go off the stage, but I was the main character, and everything revolves around me. None of you have ever experienced that in your thought life. And it's good when it's a, a positive imagination, but when it's bad, when it's not. Well, they're going to tell me this, and then I'm going to say that. And, and you have this big argument with yourself and all that kind of stuff, right? None of you have ever done that. But I realized later on, that the theater of my mind was meant for him. Seek first his kingdom, his way of doing things, and all of these things will be added unto me. So now I'm not, it's not about me, it's about him. Making sure that he stays on the throne. There is a king and there is a kingdom. And the king has decrees. And they're not suggestions, they're commandments. <laughs> we treat them like suggestions, but they're not, they're commandments. What is it, what, what's the first and greatest commandment Jesus said to the rich young ruler? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength is like loving Nancy. If I didn't know her, I might be infatuated. We might go out on a date once in a while, like some Christians go out on a date with Jesus once in a while when they're in a jam. You know, I know he's got some money. Maybe I can suck up to him a little bit and get some. No, no, no you don't think like that, but that's how, that's how you operate. And you're thinking, and, and it's just like the woman at the well. She had five husbands. She was shacked up with the sixth guy. And Jesus is trying to tell him, tell I'm the seventh guy. I'm the one you've been waiting for. That, that thirst that you had, you couldn't fill. You couldn't drink enough out of that well to ever quench your thirst. Harry didn't do it. Fred didn't do it. Bill didn't do it. John didn't do it. None of those guys did it. But you still think if you can get a guy. Yeah. You get a hold of God, 
you put him first in your life and you'll be, you'll be a happy camper. He said, the seventh one is right here in front of you. The one that you've been seeking with all of those marriages and all those affairs that you were in, he's right here right now. He said, come and worship me in spirit and in truth. You're not worshiping me because I have an ego and I need worship. You worship me because that's the key to the kingdom, being thankful, being grateful. Why is Candy in such a mess today? Because when we were doing well, nobody thanked him. We kicked him out of the schools, kicked him out of the churches, kicked him out of the government. Now all of a sudden, oh, the gas prices, blah, blah, blah. Well, did you thank him when the gas prices were half what they are right now? Or did you complain then too? No, but, but see, that's, that's the fallen nature of man. And that's what we have to get past. We can't be going around complaining about things all the time. It's time to raise up. Our, it, it's like, again, it's like Psalm uh, 100 and verse 4. Uh, this is your password. Thank you. This is your password. Thank you. Into your gates with thanksgiving. In your courts with praise. No, but when you get a hold of it, you'll be like me on a Sunday morning, snotting and bawling. Maybe you are already, I don't know. Maybe you're not emotional like me. Maybe. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> How about Romans chapter 5? No, but if God could say anything to you today, just a brief blurb, he'd say, I love you. After that, he'd say, you've been forgiven. After that, he'd say, you've been set free. But if you'll continue in my word, you'll be my disciplined ones, my disciples indeed. And you know the truth and the truth will make you free. The level of truth that you experience is the level of freedom that you experience. You'll never get free until you get the truth. And you'll never get free as long as you're a victim. Oh, they, you'll never guess what they did to me. No, no, it's not about, it's in, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I'm not a victor, a victim rather. I'm victorious. Being changed from victory to victory. Amen. So I said Romans 5, one, did I? Good. Therefore, being justified by faith. Did we already read that? Okay. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> Therefore, being justified, and again, just as if I'd never sinned, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have free admission. Free admission. Come boldly unto the throne room of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace, to help in a time of need. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Talking about circumcision. Able to pierce between the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow, and discern the thoughts, the intent of your heart. He said, Old Testament circumcision is not yours. The Holy Ghost will cut away your flesh. <laughs> Amen. 
I think some people get excited about three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Let it work. Let it work. Glory to God. We have free admission by faith. So I, I have, I'm, I'm free. Free admission by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice. Rejoice. No, it's funny. Like we've got a couple of real rejoicers in here. We've got Cyril over there. We've got Marie here and stuff like that. And some people look at them. No, you just got to get what they got. Because they don't care about what you think. So why are you wasting your thought life on them? If they cared what you thought, they wouldn't do what they do. All they care about is what he thinks. Am I pleasing him? You know, it'd be nice if you could please each other sometimes. I know that. Yeah. It's called loving one another. By whom we have free admission by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only also, but we glory in tribulation. Oh, bring it on, God. Yeah, but again, when you understand that what comes against you is to make you strong, when you understand like I do at the gym resistance training, you know, you don't back off. You keep adding to the weight that you're lifting. Why? Because you want the burn. You want to feel the pain the next day. Oh, yippee. <laughs> no, but if you don't feel the pain, Pastor Paul, I can tell you this. When I walk up those stairs, I want to feel it in my legs. If I don't feel it in my legs, I didn't do it. No spaghetti arm. No pain, no gain is true in every facet of life. There's no change without pain. The pain of change has got to be less than the pain of staying where you are. Don't let the pain of where you are. I pray that the pain of where you are will become so great that it will cause you to change. And how you change? From glory. To, it's not, we're not talking about a works program here where you have, we're not talking about gym memberships or anything like that. But I remember when I was a member of the, of the Coal Harbor Place years and years ago, they had a swimming pool there and they had all kinds of other things there, but I went in and used the weight room. But I called it Club Soteria. Because club soteria means that everything that God has belongs to you. And the things that you focus on are the things that develop. I said the things that you focus on. I called a pastor one day and I said, I know what you're doing. You're in a dark room developing negatives. Of course, you don't have to do that anymore with a smartphone, but... No, but that's, isn't that funny, though? When you're feeling ashamed or guilty, you don't want anybody around you. Turn the lights down, close the curtains, hide. Whip the, cur whip the curtains open. Let the light of the glory of God come into your life. So we glory in tribulation knowing that the love of, knowing the love of God 
And the tribulation is tribulation's my employee. No, but start looking at the, the trouble that you're dealing with. Well, here, here, it's like, you know, some of the stuff I've had to deal with, I, I didn't have to go outside my house. I can train at home. <laughs> have school right there. And I put Nancy through school a lot. She is so patient now, so kind. <laughs> Pastor Paul, you know what I'm talking about. I haven't seen her nose flare in years and years and years. It used to be a regular occurrence. Flame would come out of those nostrils, man. And patience works experience and experience hope. And that hope does not disappoint. His hope doesn't disappoint you. Why? Because, because here's the glory of God. He's going to tell you what the glory of God is right here. Because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Therefore, the glory of God is the love of God. How about First um, John? Little John chapter 4. I witness a miracle every Sunday when I come in here and see my son up here playing the guitar and singing. And I'm forever grateful. It doesn't become a commonplace to me. I remember the years of... Yeah. So why are you saying, well, maybe you're waiting for years for your kids. You got to know this. He said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment will be condemned. It's your heritage, it's your blood bought right in Christ. And he said, all of your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be their peace and their undisturbed composure. What's my confession? My children are taught by the Lord, and great is their peace and their undisturbed composure. Do you know what they're doing right now? Yeah. I know what they're doing right now. They're being taught by the Lord. And great is their peace and undisturbed composure. The Lord will use teachers that you won't believe. <laughs> Ask about your own life. I look at my 12 years as a drug addict, and I wouldn't trade it for anything now. Because I would have never got to know the Lord. I look at the back and the circumstances of my life and some of the movements that were made in my, on my behalf. I'm saying, God, I wouldn't trade it all. I didn't enjoy a lot of it, but I wouldn't trade it because it was building character in me. Amen. So 1 John 4 and verse 8 says, The one who doesn't love, I love this, has yet to know God. So you can know about God, you can be a Christian and not love because you don't know him. You know about him. You can come to church for years and know about him and hear stories about him and all that. But when you know him. When you know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, when you know him, when you know him and he is, when you know, you got to know him because why? Because he is love. I, I, Lord, I don't know love. Well, know God. How do I get to know that? Study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. You don't need to be ashamed, right? You just do it. How about verse 15, 4, 8, 15? Yeah, 4, 8, 4. 
not 4.8, we just read 4.8, 4.15. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the Son of God, live in God, and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And he, here's the, this is amazing. How many of you know he, God, the Father loves Jesus? But how many of you know he loves you just as much? Yes. No, but I mean, do you really know that? Or I know you're mentally ascending to it, but, but get, get it here. Get it in your heart where it'll do you some good. Hallelujah. You can learn things from Jesus. I was reading about Peter the other day, and it's interesting when you study his life. Jesus, remember in Mark 5, Jesus went and healed Jairus' daughter by kicking everybody out of the room. Years later in Acts chapter 15, Peter's in a similar situation, and he puts everybody out of the room. How did he get a hold of that? He saw Jesus do it, and he was bold enough to give it a try. No, no, but you can't, that's, yeah, but, but how did he get that boldness? Because he knew, he knew somebody that loved him. Amen. He experienced the love of God in John chapter 21, when he dove in the water and swam ashore to meet Jesus for this, for, at, at, at a time when he fished all night and caught nothing the second time. The first time he did it, he was under the law. The second time he did it, it was the grace of God that hit him. Instead, instead of doing what he did in, in uh, Luke 5, Depart from me. I'm an unclean man. No, no, he came in and he just, he worshiped the Lord and swam ashore. Couldn't wait to get to Jesus. Amen. Because, because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. If you're under the law, see, don't be under the law because if you're under the law, you act just like Peter. Oh, I'm so unclean. Oh, I'm so unworthy. But when grace came, it changed his life forever. He didn't know it. He didn't know it until Jesus was risen from the dead. But when he got it, he got it. The same guy that denied him three times was preaching a gospel to 5,000 people at one shot. Just days later. But what I like about it is he didn't get up and apologize. Well, brothers, you don't know what I've been through and how I denied the Lord and just my testimony, I just want to share my testimony about how I denied Jesus three times, and I'm really not worthy to be here, but I want to tell you about the Holy Ghost. He didn't do that at all. He stood up boldly because he knew he was forgiven. Do you know that you're forgiven? Hallelujah, because as he is. So are we in this world. How about Romans 8, verse 30? You all know Romans 8, 28. All things are working together for your good. You love the Lord and you're called according to his purpose. You know that verse, but do you believe that verse? Well, this is just for my own good. All this crap, this is for my own good. 
I don't hear anybody saying that. I don't hear anybody talking about James chapter 1 either. Kind of Lord Joe when you fall into temptation, tests, and trials. Hey, I just want to have a party at my house. Yeah, celebrate and joy because I'm going through all kinds of crap. Yeah. Party on, dudes. It's just a switch in attitude, isn't it? Your attitude determines your altitude. Yeah. How well you want to fly. Keep your attitude up. Keep your nose up. Romans 8.30. Those whom he made perfectly righteous. Oh, who's that now? Who is that he's talking about? My wife is laughing there laughing at me, and I don't know what she's laughing about. Normally it would give me a complex, but I'm being changed from glory to glory, so go ahead, laugh. Those whom he made perfectly righteous, he also already glorified, raising them into a heavenly dignity. He glorified them and raised them into a heavenly dignity. He transferred his perfect righteousness onto us and co-glorified us with him. I don't know what translation that is, but it's good, isn't it? Those whom he made perfectly righteous, perfectly righteous, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity. No, there has to be a dignity about you now. Yeah. Yeah. They can't be like Isaiah in chapter 6, woe is me, I'm undone. You can't live like that. Even, even with Isaiah, you know, the thing about Isaiah chapter 6 that I like about that is he knew God, but he never saw God. But when he saw God, when he knew God, he felt the love of God. But when he saw God, he got convicted and said, woe is me. But then immediately, the coal came off the fire. The baptism of the Holy Ghost came and cleaned up his lips because his lips were his only problem. Your lips are your only problem. <laughs> the little member under your tongue is causing all your trouble. Blaming the devil for your mouth. Huh? No, no, but I, but I keep telling people, the devil is not your problem. He's been defeated. Your problem is closer than that. It's under your nose. What are you saying? <laughs> what are you talking about? Because in spite of everything that anybody might tell you, Galatians 6, 7 is real. Uh, Genesis eight twenty two is real. Whatever you plant... Whatever you sow that you're going to reap. That's not talking about just finances on a Sunday morning. That talks about whatever seeds you're throwing out there. They'll grow into a harvest. And I think in Mark chapter 4, one of the translations says, the weeds came in and choked out the seed. I thought, what a good illustration, because over in Hebrews chapter 13, it says, make sure that you don't get a root of bitterness. But there's lots of roots. There's lots of weeds that can grow in your heart if you're not, if you're not pulling them out. I remember James and Heather came up and planted a garden for us a couple of years ago, and uh, it, everything was going well for a while. No, but then all the weeds started to grow, and they were taller than what you planted. And so there's a sermon in that, too. There's a sermon that keep the weeds out of your garden. What are weeds? Negative things that you're allowing to grow. Don't let any negativity, and don't hold... 
don't hold anything against anybody. If you don't hold anything against anyone, you'll be free. If you hold something against somebody, it makes you a victim. They did this to me. No one's done anything to you. Only the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, principalities and powers. I'm amazed sometimes at what's going on in the world. I'll give you that. But I mean, I just read the other day, maybe a month ago, how Bill Cosby. How many of you know Bill Cosby? But how many of you know he was put in jail for crimes, the crime of the century, whatever? He was acquitted on the back page of a newspaper in July of 21. Nobody ever heard that, I bet. Not guilty. But, I mean, you know, you might have seen all the evidence. It's like watching the media today. You can, look, you can see what's going on in Ukraine, but do you really? Are you really being informed of what's going on in there? I mean, thank God we know Ed Dixon and some other people because we would never get the truth. I'm telling you, you would never, ever get the truth. NATO said uh, Ukraine has lost 1,300 soldiers and Russia has lost 15,000. Well, that'll make you cheer, but who told the story? NATO. <sighs> How much of it is true? Probably none of it. Say none, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, love, walk in love. Why? Because love, love, the Bible says in John 4, 18, casts out fear. Fear has torment, and fear is not made perfect in love, and you're made perfect in love. You have nothing to be afraid of, nothing. If you find yourself in fear, remember who you are. I have dignity. He raised me to a position of dignity. Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 6 says that he seated me together with him in Christ. I have a seat of authority in heaven. So why should I sit here around the earth and complain? I got a better seat than this. I got a, I got a God's eye view from that seat. All I, have to, all I have to do is take my seat. Romans chapter 9, please. Just give me five or six more minutes and I'll land this plane. So, 9.23, and that he might make known the riches of his glory unto the vessels of mercy, which he had before prepared unto his glory. Wow. Wow. Verse 24, even us who he has called, not Jews only, but also the Gentiles. And he saith also through Hosea, I will call my people, which are not my people, and here, beloved, which are not my beloved. And it shall come to pass that in that place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they should be called the children of the living God. Who's your daddy? <laughs> I'm a child of the king. He called the patter, the bearer of the family name, of whom all the family in heaven and on earth is named. So whether you're in heaven or in earth, on earth, it's one big happy family. Some of the ones that are in heaven now are probably happier than we are, but I would just like to say in front of everybody, I don't want to go yet. So, 20, no, I got 21 years left. I want to go to, to 92. 
And then I told the Lord I'd like to renegotiate if I'm not drooling on myself. So. <laughs> no, Nancy's dad used to be so funny, man. He, he'd fall asleep in that old chair, and, and uh, his false teeth would fall out, lay on his chest. <laughs> I'm thinking, dear God, I don't want to end up like that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he got saved hallelujah he made it to heaven yeah how about Galatians chapter 4 could I have a tissue there Nancy would you bring me up a tissue a tissue if you bring me a tissue I have an issue I need a tissue Oh, no, I just want one. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Galatians 4 and verse 4. When the time came to completion... God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of God of his son, crying in our hearts, Abba, Father. So you are no longer an orphan, but a son. You're no longer an orphan, but a son. And if if a son, then God has made you an heir. His glory invades your brokenness, your sin, your grief, your pain, your shame. He wants to invade all of that. Recognize your sonship. Put on the toga virilla. That's the gown they would give them when they were appointed into sonship. It covered everything else. Well, you're, you're covered in the glory of God. And because you're covered in the glory of God, his glory will invade your brokenness. He said, I'll take care of your sin. How many of you have not sinned yet today? Missed the mark. Come on. We miss the mark every day, don't we? Or am I the only one? How about shame and pain? You ever experienced any of that? But, but without a revelation of his love, his glory, we can't face our brokenness because it's overwhelming. You have to have a manifest. You have, in order to be changed from glory to glory, you need a, 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 to see yourself as glorified. You have to see Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have to see that. You have to see that in order to seize it. Because you don't want that brokenness to overwhelm you. It comes from a revelation of his love, which is his glory. Not a head knowledge of his love, but a revelation of his love. You need it revealed to you. Ask God to reveal it to you. That's what Ephesians 1 was all about. Lord, give us wisdom, revelation, knowledge. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Let us know the hope of a calling and all that. And and, and then you get over into chapter 3, and he talks about about being full of the, the love of God. Full. But so, so we need to lay a foundation. That's verse 19. 
This is what Paul said, because he realized that they were struggling. They, they got back into religion, got back into trying to change themselves. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Why are you, you got saved by grace and through faith, and now you're trying to fix yourself? Did it work the last time? No. So in verse 19, he says, he said, I want you to lay the, this foundation. He said, my children, I am again suffering labor pains over you until Christ be formed in you. He said, I'm praying that, that, that revel- and what's Christ, the love of God would be formed in you. Luke chapter 6. I'm going to hurry a little bit now. Well, at least I said, what's it mean when a pastor says he's going to hurry? Probably nothing. But let's, let's give it a try. Luke 6, 47, you know the, this story. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you what he's like. He's like a man that built a house, dug deep, laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, it reminds me of the story of the three little pigs. <laughs> one was sticks and one was wood, and the smart guy built it out of brick, and they all ended up over there with him in the brick house. When the flood arose, the steam beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that hears and doesn't do what I'm saying, so he that hears this message today and doesn't do it, he said, I'm going to tell you what it's like. He's like a built, he built the house on the earth and the stream beat. By the way, this storm hits both houses. And let me tell you this, storms come to everybody. There's no one exempt from storms. But what a storm does is reveal who you are. What a storm does is give you some revelation of what you need to work on, right? So it immediately fell and the ruin of that house was great because storms locate you. And what I found about storms is they beat against everything that you built. They'll beat against a church if you build a church. They'll beat against your friends and they'll walk away. And you said, what happened there? They'll beat on everything, everything that can be beaten on. No, but friends walk out. Healthy people get sick. I mean, Paul sitting there with that beautiful voice, and one day he showed me what the devil's trying to do down his throat, man. I know he couldn't do it because his house is built on the rock. And when the storm hit, it didn't cave in. See, so really, you need a strong foundation, and that's, that's your new creation. Your foundation is your new creation in Christ. Uh, okay, one more verse. Well, can you get time for one more now? Of course you do. Colossians 3.17. No, Ephesians 3.17. I knew it was a 17 anyways. Here's the foundation built on the rock right here. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that you be rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in knowing that he loves you. you got, if, if you don't know that, then put down some roots. If you, if you don't know that, then pull out the weeds that are choking the seed and put the love of God, put lo- seeds of love in your heart. R- read uh, Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient, love is kind. Do all the, and when you read it, do it. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. 
For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.